This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Today I have Robert Slayton, and we're going to talk about his new published book. Uh, Robert Slayton is a good friend in the industry. He's been in it for a long time, and he's doing some new things that are not so new, but uh, newer to a lot of the broker community as a whole, because um, it's definitely against what they call the status quo. Welcome to the show, Robert. Oh, thank you, Butch. It's great to be here. Can you give us a little background of where you come from? You've been in the industry a long time, and then a little background on Slayton & Associates and what you guys are doing over there. I've been in the industry too long, which is about um, coming up on 19 years in January. And um, before that, this is uh, I've had like six or seven other businesses in the past, right? So I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I enjoy it. This is great. I don't plan on getting out of it. And... um, you know, prior, I was a professional speaker. I worked for a company called Rockwell International, you know, that little company and um, did really well there. But then tech boom turned into tech bust and I outsourced my job to India, just like 65% of the workforce and um, looked around to see what I want to do. And mm-hmm. so I wanted, uh, I wanted a business that made impacting change mm-hmm. that uh, I didn't have to be there all the time. And it's just been a, an organic process to really become the best I can be in, in this industry. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. what it is. Slayton, you know, Robert Slayton Associates, you know, it's a real creative name. I know, I know. And, uh, but you know, our job is to really care about people and help people and employers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right now, you know, my expertise is really in the employer space. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I got frustrated one day uh, last year, wrote a two page manifesto, mm-hmm. my healthcare manifesto about what employers should be doing. And it morphed into the book called The yep. Healthcare Manifesto. And it's really, it, the, the whole objective is people have been lied to for 30 years saying, oh, you know what? Healthcare costs are not controllable. You know, we can't do anything about the quality, the, the rates are the rates. Oh, you know, here's your 20% rate increase or 10%. Oh, we'll get it below trend by two points, right? Those are all false, false things. And I wanted people who actually uh, do something about the health insurance, CFOs, CEOs, owners, to understand that they don't have to take it anymore. There are specific things they can do to actually manage the cost of their insurance. And if they reduce the cost for them as the employer, Part of it is the give back to the employees of better benefits, better outcomes, lower costs or lower deductibles. So that's 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 kind of my mission at this point in time. And that's kind of what I try to articulate in the book. You do a good job in a book. Um, and so, again, that book is Healthcare Manifesto. I definitely encourage people um, to pick it up. It's a, a fairly easy read. It does not get into a whole lot of industry jargon. It's um, written for CFOs and, and business owners. And uh, so I think you did a good job with it. So I, you, you definitely touch on, obviously, healthcare and the renewals. And you just it's just status quo along the way. But uh, you make a comment in one of the books, uh, offering health insurance is not enough uh, anymore. And uh, can you expand on that? Because I think uh, some people are trying to figure out, you know, what else to do, what what should they be doing, and is healthcare the the way to go? Oh, yeah, it's a it's a great question, mm-hmm. and and really, we as employers need to do more and be more because 
just giving a person a, a car that happens to be blue or green or whatever, right? And you think, oh, I'm taking care of my employees, but are you really? Um, all that does is, is provide access to doctors and hospitals. That's all it does. Now, the problem is if you call up a major carrier, be it Blue Cross, Aetna, United Healthcare, and say, I need the best surgeon. Can you get me the best surgeon, right? Um, they say, well, no, we're not allowed to. It's, not, it's illegal for us to steer you to the best doctor out there, mm -hmm. but we'll give you three doctors. And so it's just, it's a frustration of mine. Um, we as employers need to understand there's, there's more we can do for our employees. We don't want to give them this, this card, which is technically a credit card where they can go anywhere and spend as much money as we want, as they want. That's not good enough. We need to help them um, get the care that they need, maybe through a medical management company, get a second opinion, evaluate the doctors before you go to them. For example, this just happened two weeks ago. I have a bunion. I haven't been able to run since January. I went to a podiatrist, highly rated. He says, yep, you know, it looks like you might need surgery. Here are two surgeons. I had them researched by a medical management company. Well, the first one, they said, well, we don't have enough ratings and their, their health grades rating doesn't look good. So no, the second one was rated 11 out of 100. Think about that. So holy crap, think about a person taking an exam, right? The guy I went to, the original podiatrist was 94 out of 100. Really great. He gets an A, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, this person is 11. I, it just scares me that that's what people are subjected to. And um, so as an employer, I mean, 28% of all cancers are either misdiagnosed or don't have a, a, an accurate enough treatment plan to actually work. So if you know four people going through cancer treatment, mm -hmm. one of them, the treatment's not working. Either they don't have a cancer or they have a different kind of cancer or they don't have enough of a treatment plan where it's working and that scares me. And we as employers can actually implement, put processes in to assist your, the employees to get those better outcomes. And the book definitely touches based on that because one of the things that I always say is the, the policy holder, the one that holding the insurance card is the most vulnerable, right? And so they don't have access to resources. They don't know what true cost is until the claim uh, or the yeah. invoice shows up in the mail yeah. and we don't have it. And, and you're taking it one step further than a lot of clients that we work with, where we talk about doing the research, doing the phone calls, ask the questions, right? But you were like, well, I'm just going to go to a medical management company and we'll touch base on this here shortly. And you're like, help me do the homework. And you come back with these ratings, you know, even if they did have, you know, these hospital systems get these wonderful awards, right? And, and, and people go to them and say, they just won this hard award. But then you do this search on a provider and he's got 11 out of 100 and you're like, <laughs> hold on here. They just won this award, but this guy's rated 11 out of 100. What's going on here? We don't well, have a direct access to that information. Well, we don't. The one thing we can't do have access to is whether they're board certified or not. It will shock you the number of people who are not board certified. Mm -hmm. So wait, I'm going to go to a surgeon who's not board certified. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably not the smartest thing. <laughs> but if you go in, you know, just look. Usually there's a little tick box on the side saying, Search only board certified people. That's, that's mm -hmm. step one. You can do healthgrades.com um, uh, is another website. And what you can do is you can look through and see whether there are any uh, actions against the, and lawsuits or anything. At least it's a starting point. 
for sure. You know, as individuals, we don't really have the access to and the steerage, but at least we can also get second opinions too. Mm-hmm. If you have a major issue, please get a second opinion um, from from uh, a person who specializes in that particular issue. Mm-hmm. It's even if you have to pay a hundred percent of the cost, it's worth it. For sure. You know, why wouldn't you want to do it? And like you said, there's uh, the individual doesn't have a whole lot of resources, but there's a lot of resources for the employer. I mean, maybe not everything because you might be a 10 or 15 employee company out of Chicago, may not have all the leverage that 150 or 250 or 2000 employees may have. But there's certain things that could be put in place. And your book actually walks through some of these from a high level to kind of um, whet the appetite, try to figure out, hey, think outside the box, but I don't want to give you too much because you're not going to understand it right away anyways. But you you walk into the different style of plans from fully insured to uh, level funded and self-funded and what the risk factor is. And it's all about calculated managing risk, right? And you put it in four categories in the book and you talk about you could avoid the risk altogether and mitigate the risk. You could transfer the risk or you could just accept it. And this might be a newsflash for a lot of people because uh, and even employers or their employees say, hey, I want that nice branded logo on my card because that's what they do. But but every year on the renewal, they accept the risk that's provided to them or accept the renewals and, and indirectly, right? And so um, they just accept it and saying, that's what it is. Sure, the broker could go back and like you mentioned earlier, negotiate 2% or maybe you'll go from an 8% increase to a 4% and the broker's pounding his chest and say, I just saved you some money. And you know, where's means to an end? Because the next year, what if it's 8% again? And now you negotiate down to six, you're still you're still going the wrong way. And so that's where, at least in my mind, I put accept in that category, but then you look at these other programs and it's, it's risk, but it's calculated risk is the word phrase I always use. And so there's certain things you just void altogether for sure. You might be able to take things out, maybe not, but you at least you can mitigate and transfer the risk to something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and obviously we could get, we could have one podcast just on this alone and maybe we'll do that at some point but but by breaking the pieces apart you're able to manage things a little bit better and you could add in pieces to the puzzle that may maybe there it could be claim audits right or it yep. could also be your pharmacy benefit manager because the pharmacy benefit manager most policies are ripping the policy holder off in a lot of ways it could yeah. be rebates and costs yeah. um there's a whole bunch of stuff that gets into and your book touches on that then also and we're going to talk because you brought up medical management medical management companies are usually not even brought up at the renewal or even throughout the year by most brokers not i mean i don't even know what percentage but it, it could be 99 percent of the brokers don't even bring it up. But it is important for at least have the conversation and possibly implement this. And let's talk about that just briefly, because you brought up an example. But, you know, what is technically a medical management company? And then why would an employer actually want this in the workplace um, for their employees? It's a really good question. Let's let's dive into that a little mm-hmm. bit. So first off, sometimes insurance companies have their medical management people. Those are the people, the nurses or doctors who manage chronic risk, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that helps, but just remember, it's the fox guarding the hen house, right? They're in-house. Their objective is to help you, but also save the money, so to speak. So if you can use a third party, what happens a third party? You um, basically, you have an issue, you call them up or else they're alerted to your issue and they call you and you talk to them about it. So uh, I was just diagnosed with cancer. Okay. And tell us about it. What kind of cancer? 
Okay, and, and what are they doing about that? Well, they referred me to this person over, this oncologist, and, and this is what they, this is the treatment plan they want. So the, the nurse managers, typically it's a nurse, a case manager, and they also have, you know, for the higher level and complex, they have like top level doctors and PhD doctors involved too. Mm-hmm. But they'll go, okay, so if you're going to do this, number one, we need to get you a second opinion. So here's a person you can go to for a second opinion. They specialize in this kind of cancer. This is what you're going to go. Oh, and by the way, these are the tests that you need to have done in order to determine whether that's the right cancer treatment for you. So they actually can do that. They can sometimes help set it up for you with that doctor. The second thing that happens is, let's say you have a treatment plan. Um, This happens all the time. There's a certain treatment plan the doctor's putting the, the, the patient through and they say, well, hmm, this is interesting. It's chemotherapy. You need to check the liver, you know, the, 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 the liver function uh, with a blood test. And the doctor says, well, I've been doing this for, for 20 years and, and I'm top in my field and we don't feel we need to follow the rules. That's really what they're saying, by the way. And, and so by not doing that, this actually, this person actually died because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. So they actually can force people to do, to follow the rules on what's actually supposed to happen on that treatment. And by the way, if you have it before surgery, they're going to call you, they're going to prep you for surgery. So they don't take any, any Pepto-Bismol because that has aspirin in it. That's bad. And other things like that. And then once you come out of surgery, they're going to help you with the treatment plan after that. And it's just, it, it's an extra set of eyes and ears to help you navigate through it. And that's really the, the main goal. And the medical management can do everything even from guiding you. So I have a program where if you follow what the medical management wants you to do. So let's say you need a, a shoulder replacement, right? Rotator cuff. If you go to the person that they want you to go to, and usually they're top rated, keep that in mind. They don't give you schlocks. They give you the best, best ones. If you go there and you get it done, you will pay nothing. Zero deductible, zero out of pocket. That's a good deal. If you go to the person you want to go to, it's deductible and coinsurance. What's your preference? And that's pretty cool, especially if you're in a working class environment, right? You make 35 grand a year. You can't afford $6,000. You can't, right? And so this is an opportunity to get the things that employees need. And so medical management can help with that and help guide. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006.
these programs get put in place for these employers and uh, allow their employees to help control some of the risk. And yeah, you're basically putting the employers putting in place for them. So you mentioned about going to one place and it costs the employee nothing. That's very financially incentivized to actually help keep their costs low. But if you choose to go to a different facility for a different reason, you just pay your deductible and out of pocket. And so you almost virtually eliminate a requirement for a PPO, for example, because because they're able to go uh, to certain facilities because you're able to control costs a lot more. And that's one thing about managing this risk about putting these programs in place. Well, and, and the other thing I want people to understand, you're listening to two uh, brokers, right? Or insurance advisors. Are we saying spreadsheeting? No, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's not about, oh, we can get you a better rate with a different carrier, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not that, oh, our service is so much better. Oh, we're platinum. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we get, we get hurt. No, that's all. That's just all fluff. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's about thinking about designing plans that work best for your employees, for you as the employer, so that you get the best outcomes at the lower cost. And it may or may not involve a logo company. It all depends on you. And a lot of times it's not doing everything at once. It's maybe implementing it over two, three, four years. Yeah. So it's a long-term relationship when you start going down this road. And so one of the topics that you and I have talked about many times, and I just want to touch on it, uh, because especially January 1st, there's some uh, rollouts for disclosures. And so what is your broker really doing for the money? And so I, we're not, then we could do a whole topic on this, but one of the oh, issues yeah. is with this healthcare programs that you put in the workplace is the uh, broker is incentivized in the wrong ways to keep the plans where they're at. And so and you bring up some really good questions that you should ask, um, the CFO should be asking, as well as the employer. Can you bring some of those up on the podcast? Like, some, hey, you should be talking about some of this. Well, there, there are a couple of things. First off, how are you compensated, right? And they're going to say, oh, you know, we get paid a commission. Okay, so let me get this straight. So if, if my premium goes up, do you make more money or less money? So am I incenting you? So who do you work for? Who pays your commission? If it's paid by the insurance carrier, your broker works for the insurance company, by the way. And and in smaller groups, we don't have a choice, but in larger groups or more creative, I'll just charge a fee, honestly. And it could be a per head fee, it could be a monthly management fee or whatever. And by the way, we'll do performance guarantees too for larger companies. So you know what? Don't pay us unless we save you money. Mm -hmm. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Totally. And, um, yeah. So, so that's one. And the other thing is when you deal with large brokers, they're going to say, well, on the form 5,500, this is what we earn. It does not include any bonuses, retention bonuses, group bonuses, and everything else that they get, which is equal to, or 10 times more sometimes than what they're charging. The good mm-hmm. news to your point, Butch, is that January 1st, the, everybody has to disclose that. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's easy. And by the way, it's disclosure for medical, dental, and vision, I think only, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the medical is important. And for, for us, it's easy, right? Here it is. It's always been disclosed to tell the truth, even if you as an employer haven't realized it. But we'll pro- we're going to have a one-page sheet that says, oh, here it is, and, and we're done. It's the large people who don't even know where their money comes from. And so, you know, they're thinking they're paying forty to $80,000 a year 
when they're really paying $300,000, the broker's going to compensate $300,000 or more. Mm-hmm. And that's what they don't, don't understand. And so mm-hmm. I prefer to be paid directly from the employer because then I, then I work for you. I'm sitting at the same side of the table um, yep. affecting change. So. For sure. And you're bringing up a lot of great points there, but even on a smaller scale, and I've used this uh, and it's not, I don't use it as a sales tactic, but I bring it up and say, Hey, do you realize that your brokers can pay $12,000 a year off of the, your accounts? Are you getting at least 12,000 or more in value or benefit in service and maybe even tools and resources to the workplace and your employees? Uh, is it is it there? And sometimes a lot of brokers are embarrassed. They don't want to disclose that because it's an industry uh, norm for not to disclose that. And I think it's very important because the opposite is also true. And I've talked about this on my podcast where there are some accounts where we're getting paid five hundred dollars a year or, or less in some cases. Yeah. And and it's like okay, we don't mind doing the work, but you know, hey, just know that hey, you know, we'll get the work done. Just don't be a pest and respect the boundaries a little bit, just because. Some of them are trying to milk us out, and it's like we're losing money on you if you um, if you try to demand too much. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm I'm saying that there's an equal balance between the employer and the broker, and then what the compensation level is. But um, I, I think uh, disclosing it will help a lot of us that are charging uh, consultant fees help employers realize what they're actually getting and yep. where it's coming from. And yep. so even if the compensation still come from the insurance company in some ways, at least the employer's realizing that. And then also it holds accountability to the broker that's involved because then that way the brokers uh, doing the amount of work related to that account that's getting paid, which is like any other business, CPAs, lawyers, and you have consultants. Well, it needs to be visible and I don't mind it being visible. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, you know, do you get value for it? That's always a tricky question because some people don't think, you know, just you can be doing a ton of work for them and they don't think there's enough value where other people know, you know what, you just saved me. You know, I took a, a group with 40 employees. I saved $170,000 first year. Mm-hmm. You think I'm, I'm worth the 30 or 40, 30 or $40,000 for that? I, I think so. Right. We saved him over $400,000 over three years so far. That's pretty good. And, mm-hmm. and so people need to realize that y- y- you pay for good consulting one way or the other, right? And so that's, that's what we're doing. So just to kind of recap a little bit, you just released this book. I don't know if it's awards that uh, is the best way, but you've earned some things related to it. It was listed, what, number one bestseller or in the top list? So, so uh, Amazon along... bestseller for risk management. Mm-hmm. And then on Book Authority said it's one of the top uh, 10 eBooks for CFOs and one of the top, I think, 10 books for health insurance. Oh. Uh, in the health insurance category. If you go out to robertslayton.com, that's kind of my author website. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the, the little symbols on it. That yeah, kind sure. of stuff. But, yeah. you know, I, the, the, I wrote the book because it needed to be written and it's how I talk. So when I talk to a client, I, I, I pick up the book and I go, oh, wait, that's on this page, right? Here it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they can take the book and read around it if they choose. And, and to your point, the, the goal of the book is to have people understand that Health insurance and the quality of healthcare is controllable. That's it. As long as a person understands that and gets to a person who also understands it, a broker advisor, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's where they they go. When if a person says, ask the, if a CFO or, or owner asks a question of their broker and they go, huh? 
Yeah. Or they go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of do that, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> then, then there there are issues. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, book number two, Butch and I, we're going to try to work together is the the little book of questions yep. for for business owners just to make sure they're they're um, getting what they need to get. It's not going to be detailed. Oh, that you look at this date and that date. It's going to be you're not getting screwed. Honestly, mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. the goal, and you're 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 getting what you you think you're getting, and that's. That's really important. It's got to just be simple, super little book sure. and uh, it'll be incredibly powerful. And so, yeah, pick up uh, Robert's book. It walks through even getting under the hood of health insurance. What are the components? Why are they important? What are some ways to mitigate it? All even through claim process. How can you control some of the claims mm-hmm. and just a lot of things that CFOs and uh, employers should be aware of. So uh, if anybody wanted to uh, one get the book or reach out to you for more information that we discuss, how do they do that with you? A couple different ways. You can go out like my author website is robertslayton.com. S is in Sam, L-A-Y-T-O-N.com. Um, you can click through and, and buy the book. It's on Amazon, Kindle, and print version. And on there, if you want to uh, book an appointment, you just click on it and it'll it'll come to me. Uh, or you can go to my regular website, slaytonins.com, upper right-hand corner, schedule an appointment, and that works. That, that website is going to have a total rewrite soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little, has too much stuff on it, but you know, you know how it is. Or yeah. if you just Google the healthcare manifesto, Robert Slayton, that'll take you to the book too. Awesome. Well, this has definitely been great. We'll get you back on. We'll dive deep in some of these other other topics. And I wish you much success on the book. And then uh, let's keep helping these employers save money and uh, reverse the healthcare trend. Absolutely. Thanks, but appreciate you having me on.